minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Sam in the AM. Monday morning broadcast here at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Achenu, a song that uh, A.B. Rottenberg uh, performed last night at the uh, Hass concert, but uh, even more significant, pointed out how how often that song has been played over the last year and sung over the last year and thought about and and really become a and really over the last year has become such a meaningful, even more I should say, meaningful uh, anthem for Jewish unity. And we found ourselves in a situation, of course, uh, between Friday and now, where we were uh, singing that song and thinking of those words uh, even more often. Talk more about that coming up here at JM and the AM. Sahenu was uh, A.B. Rottenberg and company off of Leva Nefesh. Benny Friedman with Toda. He was great last night at uh, Avery Fisher Hall. Simcha Liner with Pischili. He was great last night at Avery Fisher Hall. Yaakov Shweki ate Rakod. He was great last night at Avery Fisher Hall. <laughs> Masach Hashem done by Mayor Sherman, our Monday morning theme song. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Monday on this January 12th, day 21 in the month of Teves. Is it 21? Does that make sense? I think it's the 21st. In the month of Teves, the year 5775, Tufshin, I, and Hay, 35 degrees outside, 62% humidity, winds are west at 6 miles per hour. Rain today with a high of 37, and tonight showers early and a low temperature of 29. Tomorrow, sunshine, a high temperature, 27 degrees. 59 in Yerushalayim, 61 in Tel Aviv, 52 in Haifa, and 64 degrees in Eilat. We're at 35 here in Jersey City as we say good morning. At the JM in the AM. Well, Friday when we left the air, and, and someone pointed this out on the uh, on the comment section of our app, uh, our programming was not live after Friday morning at 9 a.m. Naomi Nachman uh, does her radio program and uh, a show that's also on video at NachumSiegel.com. Uh, generally, unless it's a live remote, you know, live from a location, generally it is pre-recorded. Someone had commented on the app that we were ignoring the situation in France. We weren't at all. We were just in uh, recorded mode starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And when we left the air at 9 o'clock, it had still been somewhat confusing as to what had been going on in Paris, the uh, hostage situation at the kosher supermarket. Now it's obvious what was going on. There were two situations, and the information was getting confused back and forth. And uh, anybody who, of course, followed the news the rest of the day, as so many of us did, we know the results. We know that the the evil enemy, the terrorists, those who um, hate the Jewish people, those who hate uh, freedom and democracy, uh, went ahead and, um, and murdered four uh, of the hostages at the kosher supermarket in Paris, France. And then a uh, a very... An escalated reaction from the French people, I would say, because there was a, once the the murders of the twelve people at the uh, magazine had taken place uh, earlier last week, there was um, a tremendous anger and reaction, as we know, 
uh, it seemed there would be less tolerance for those who um, who decide to uh, take up arms and and in, and in whatever method uh, terrorize um, uh, terrorize the citizens of France. That's the way it seemed based on the reaction to that. And then, of course, after Friday and uh, after the uh, the terrorists were finally taken out, um, the feeling. In France, and I think uh, really in uh, most uh, freedom-loving countries around the world, if not all, uh, became galvanized. And this movement, this effort to demonstrate, which took place Saturday in uh, in Paris, and of course yesterday, the, the massive demonstration uh, that took place led by world leaders in the, by, by the tens and tens of... I don't know if there were 40 or 50 or 60, so different, uh, I guess it depends how you calculate who's a world leader or not. Uh, but it, uh, it really was amazing that so many people came together and so many world leaders from around the world to participate and included, of course, the Prime Minister of Israel, who, who should be at a rally against terror and a rally for, uh, for freedom and democracy more than the Prime Minister of Israel. Um, yet, this morning I read from the Times of Israel that the Prime Minister's office in Jerusalem confirmed late Sunday night that France was initially opposed to the idea of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu attending Sunday's historic march in Paris, believing the Israeli leader's presence at the rally would be divisive, as described in Israeli media. A source in the Prime Minister's office told Israel Radio that France had not given official reason for its objections Saturday to the Prime Minister's attendance. According to Channel 2, Paris wanted to avoid any mention of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict at the rally, which was organized in a show of solidarity and defiance after a series of terrorist attacks in the French capital claimed 17 lives, including those of four Jewish men at a kosher supermarket. When it became clear to French President Hollande that the Israeli Prime Minister intended to join the march, he phoned to invite Netanyahu personally, according to the report. Netanyahu initially accepted Paris's wish that he stay away and on Saturday cited security concerns to explain why he would not attend. However, the Prime Minister changed his mind after Foreign Minister Lieberman, Economic Minister Bennett, uh, both announced they would join the march. When Netanyahu's office told the LEC Palace that he would be coming after all, France responded by highlighting that it was extending an invitation to PA President Mahmoud Abbas. French government also announced a planned meeting between Holland and Abbas Saturday night. On Sunday, the world leaders, including Netanyahu and Abbas, marched in the mammoth procession which began near where gunmen killed 12 people at the magazine Charlie Hebdo last week. Netanyahu was initially situated in the second row of leaders, which shimmied his way into the front row alongside Malayan uh, President Ibrahim Boubkar Keita, Holland, Angela Merkel from uh, from Germany, EU Council President Donald Tusk, and Abbas. Some one and a half million people marched in the massive rally, the largest of a series of demonstrations around France that brought some three and a half million people out into the street, according to figures cited by AFP. The leaders observed a minute's silence as the march got underway. A sea of humanity flowed through Paris's iconic streets, breaking into applause and spontaneous renditions of the national anthem as a shell-shocked France mourned the victims of three days of bloody violence. Organizers put the crowd at the historic march between 1.3 and 1.5 million. Emotions ran high in the grieving city of light, 
With many of those marching, bursting into tears, they came together under the banner of freedom of speech and liberty after France's worst terrorist bloodbath in more than half a century. So it is possible, based on these reports, that the Prime Minister uh, was not welcome in Paris. Uh, the whole The whole dynamic of the Prime Minister of Israel and the head of the PA being at this march in the front row was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And uh, I'm sure that there'll be plenty to uh, speak about uh, on this issue uh, as time goes on. I'm sure there'll be plenty written about it. Uh, Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, I didn't even realize this, was actually criticized um, for heading to France. Prime Minister Netanyahu deflected domestic criticism that his visit to Paris was unnecessary and politically motivated, saying Monday morning that he that it was very important for Israel's leader to walk together with other world leaders in a march against terrorism. I can't help but agree with the Prime Minister on this one. I mean, I don't I don't know for sure that he would have gone if there wasn't an election in two months. I don't know that for sure, but I do feel it was important that he be there. He said, quote, there was a great deal of, of significance to what the world saw, the Prime Minister of Israel marching together with all leaders of the world in one effort against terrorism, or at least a call to unite against terrorism. Netanyahu, before a meeting in his Paris hotel with the leaders of the French Jewish community, said that Israel has called for years for a united world effort against terrorism. If the world doesn't unite against terror, the plague of terror that we saw here will increase in a way people cannot imagine. Therefore, I hope that Europe will unite and see the reality as it is. Israel supports Europe in its struggle against terror, and the time has come for Europe to support Israel in the very same struggle. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine that uh, that he didn't belong there. Again, I don't know if he would have gone if there wasn't an election in two months, but to, to say that he didn't belong there, I, I don't know. Netanyahu told the Jewish leaders that he was moved by the ceremony at the Grand Synagogue Sunday evening. And that it was a true sign of Jewish solidarity. There was a uh, gathering at the uh, at the synagogue last night after the rally, uh, which we've been told was uh, very inspiring. Likewise, he said the march itself was an important sign of world solidarity against terrorism. He said he met with two of the brothers of victims killed at the kosher grocery in Paris and told them that he understands their pain and that the people of Israel embrace him. Following the meeting with the Jewish leaders, Netanyahu was expected to meet with former French President Sarkozy, likely to run in the next presidential elections scheduled for 2017. After the Sarkozy meeting, Netanyahu was slated to go to the kosher grocery where Friday's attack took place before flying back to Israel a number of hours ahead of schedule. Naftali Bennett visited the store Sunday, and Foreign Minister Liebman is scheduled to visit there today. I'm sure many of you have already read that... um, the victims of the terror attack, those uh, four who were murdered in the uh, kosher supermarket on um, on Friday, are going to be laid to rest in Israel in Yerushalayim. Yeah, that is uh, certainly appropriate. And uh, the sadness, uh, the sadness continues. That's for sure. And the world reaction is always fascinating to watch. I pray that in a week, in a month. In three months, in half a year, in a year, people are still as motivated against terror and against those who are so set to destroy 
innocent people, freedom-loving people, democratic societies. I hope the anger and the passion stays as high as it is right now, especially in Europe. Um, we'll have an opportunity this week, I'm sure, to discuss the future of the Jewish community of France, which has been a big topic in my conversations with Malcolm Honline over the last few weeks and months, really. Uh, but this obviously is an acute uh, episode that will certainly have a uh, drastic effect one way or the other. And um, so we'll have an opportunity to discuss that, no doubt. And uh, in general, the reaction to uh, everything that went on over this uh, tragic yet unifying weekend We'll have an opportunity to discuss here at JM and the AM. It's a Monday morning broadcast at the 17 minutes before 7 o'clock as we continue at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. <laughs>
This is Prime Minister Netanyahu in his speech Sunday night at the Central Paris Synagogue at the end of the day after he had walked with 60 world leaders to denounce terrorism. He's speaking in Hebrew, being translated into French, and uh, from the video of the event and from the photos I'm looking at, seems as expected that there was a massive crowd at one point, some youth began shouting, shouting, Viva la Israel, to which others replied, Viva la France. French flags hung off the balconies. The ceremony in the synagogue, attended by hundreds of people, capped a day in which Netanyahu held a number of informal meetings with a wide array of world leaders. He went to the French president's residence when he arrived. Some 60 world leaders waited to take part in the march against terrorism in uh, central Paris. Sat on the bus next to the uh, 
president of France on the way to the rally. On the way back, he sat next to German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Jordan's King Abdullah was on the ride. During the day, Netanyahu briefly mingled with leaders of uh, Finland, the Netherlands, Georgia, Ireland, and the head of the uh, OECD and others. There was no immediate word whether he spoke with PA President Mahmoud Abbas. Today, Monday, the Prime Minister is scheduled to hold another meeting with the head of the Jewish community in France before his return to Israel. And as we said earlier, Foreign Minister Lieberman, Economy Minister Bennett, and Jewish Agency Chairman Natan Sharansky were also in Paris. Coming up at 7.30, right after Rabbi Goldwasser, we'll speak with, uh, assuming he's available to us, as of now he is available to us, hopefully he will be uh, later on this hour. You can imagine what's going on Monday afternoon in Paris uh, in the aftermath of yesterday's rally and with the Prime Minister uh, being there until at, uh, at some point in the middle of the day today. Uh, the Vice President of CRIF, the Jewish Institutions of France, um, Robert Ejnes is scheduled to join us about a half hour from now from Paris. He is fluent in English, and he'll be able to update us on everything that's been going on. But again, that is subject to uh, his availability, because again, you can imagine uh, what he and other Jewish leaders, uh, what type of day they have today over in Paris. A minute before 7 o'clock, this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, this is jmandtheam.org. Special welcome to those tuned in on the NSN app. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for commenting on the NSN app. It is much appreciated. News from Israel in a moment. Um, Last night, we had the Haas concert at Lincoln Center. A big Ashokok to everybody who came out to uh, support an amazing cause. Toward the end of the evening, we announced that a uh, 32-year-old young man with autism was missing in the Lincoln Center area, unrelated, believe it or not, to the uh, event at Avery Fisher Hall. And we're trying to find out if there's been any progress in terms of finding him, and as soon as we have some word, we'll uh, pass it along to you. If anybody out there knows of anything, you can email us here and let us know. be much appreciated. Mayor Weingarten coming up at 9 o'clock. French jury, past, present, and is there a future? Election countdown continues with a preview of this week's Bayat Yehudi primaries. By the way, <laughs> uh, uh, it looks like Aryeh Derry is back in the Shas party. Introducing a rising star of Israeli music, Hanan Ben-Ari, with a debut release as part of the great mix of music. It's all happening on the Israel Show right after JM and the AM at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, right here at jmandtheam.org. Make sure to be tuned in. Mayor Weingarten always puts together a great show. That show is live, and it'll be on starting at 9 o'clock this morning. Galit's on the background. News from Israel coming up. Plenty of, uh, plenty of, uh, programming remaining this morning between now and 9 a.m. And a reminder, tomorrow we are live from what we're calling the Amit 90th anniversary kickoff celebration. Amit has announced its 90th anniversary. We'll be there in Manhattan in their headquarters tomorrow broadcasting JM and the AM in celebration of the big milestone. Make sure to be tuned in. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to JMM.
גלי צה"ל, השעה השתיים, כאן שיבל כרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. המרדף המשטרתי בצומת גהה, שוטרים פתחו באש לעבר נהג רכב חשוד ופצעו אותו אנוש. כתבתנו שרון פולבר מזירת האירוע. האירוע החל בשני רכבים מהחשודים כגנובים שאיתרה המשטרה בגבעת שמואל. שני הנהגים שבדיוק פרצו לדירה הבחינו בשוטרים שערבו להם וניסו להימלט. נהג רכב אחד נעצר כאן בזירה ונהג שני החל לנגח את ניידות המשטרה, נמלט ונורה על ידי שוטרים סמוך לצומת גהה. מצבו מוסיף להיות קשה. והנה אחד מהתושבים באזור שראה את המרדף. ישבתי בבית ופתאום שמעתי בום של... שהרכב המשטרתי נכנס ברכב של הגנבים ואז שמעתי צרור של יריות, עליתי לגג ואז ראיתי שוטרים רצים פה ברחוב עם אקדחים שלופים, מחפשים אנשים, מפחיד, מפחיד מאוד. כחלון נגד נתניהו עשה עליי סיבוב בפרשת המינוי למועצת מינהל מקרקעי ישראל. בא ראש הממשלה, אומר לי, תשמע משה, יש לך הזדמנות לקיים את הדברים שאתה מאמין בהם. קח, תעמוד בראש המינהל. הרי ויתרתי להיות שר, הוא הציע לי להיות שר אוצר, הוא הציע לי להיות שר שיכון, ולא הסכמתי כי החלטתי לא לכהן בממשלה. ולא קלטת איש שהוא עושה עליך סיבוב? ממש לא. אני לא יכול לבוא ולדבר על דברים שבוערים לי ואכפת לי מהם, וכשבא ראש הממשלה ואומר, קח את התפקיד הזה, להגיד לו לא. עשה סיבוב, עשה סיבוב. ראש הממשלה נתניהו מסביר מדוע החליט לבסוף להשתתף בצעדת ההמונים בצרפת. מהרגע שבעיית האבטחה נפתרה והתאפשר לי להגיע הנה, היה טבעי שאבוא הנה, היה חשוב שאגיע הנה, ולכן באתי הנה. יש הרבה, הרבה משמעות למה שהעולם ראה. את ראש ממשלת ישראל צועד יחד עם כל מנהיגי העולם במאמץ אחד נגד הטרור. חברת הכנסת ציפי לבני תקפה את התנהלות נתניהו בריאיון ליעל דן וטענה כי התמונות שלו מנסה להגיע לשורה הראשונה של הצועדים היו מביכות כלשונה. היא מתחה ביקורת גם על קריאתו של נתניהו ליהודי צרפת לעלות ארצה. דרכו של נתניהו לעשות את זה הייתה מאוד לא נכונה, רק הגבירה את ההסתייגות ממנו וממדינת ישראל. בוודאי שאנחנו רוצים לראות את כל יהודי בא לארץ, אבל אנחנו רוצים שיבוא לארץ לא כי אנחנו נותנים לו מקלט בטוח ללא טרור. אני רוצה שיבואו למרות הטרור, למרות הבטונטות בירושלים. חודש אחרי דליפת הנפט בערבה, רק הבוקר מתחילה לעבוד מנהלת השיקום. כתבתנו יערה שפירא. מבדיקות שבוצעו בשמורה בימים האחרונים נמדדה ירידה של יותר מ-90% בזיהום האוויר במקום, וכ-30 חברות מתמודדות במכרז על טיהור הקרקע באזור. לאחר הערכת מצב שהתקיימה היום, החליטו במשרד להגנת הסביבה לערוך בדיקות נוספות בימים הקרובים, שיעזרו להחליט האם לפתוח את השמורה מחדש לציבור. מזג האוויר, היום ומחר עלייה בטמפרטורות, ברביעי הגשם חוזר. אלה החדשות שעורך אילי לוין. Okay. 
Yo no ra 
Barry Weber with a um, combination of Kesser and Visarev. Uh, an Aaron Tanabam production just released yesterday, part of uh, their regular YouTube presence. JM and the AM tomorrow we broadcast live from our meet headquarters in um, in New York City. Amit is embarking on their 90th anniversary celebration. We'll be there to celebrate with them. We'll be joined tomorrow uh, by board member Barbara Raskoff, by uh, president and board member Debbie Isaac, by the executive vice president uh, Andy Goldsmith, the director of uh, financial resource development Liz Klibanoff, director of development Susan Myers, Board of Directors Chairperson Ina Tropper, Board Member Francine Stein, and President Debbie Isaac um, will be with us again toward the end of the program with Andy Goldsmith. So that is the lineup for tomorrow. Amit celebrates their 90th anniversary, and we are there for uh, what we're considering the big kickoff uh, tomorrow between 6 and 9 here at JM in the AM. Here it is. Uh, this coming year, Amit celebrates its 90th anniversary to mark the milestone Amit Magazine presents a series of articles and special sections beginning with a letter from Jerusalem by Judy Mandelbaum. Although the letter was written in 1958, its content rings true today. That is cool. They have a lot of great material. They have a 90th anniversary uh, mission to Israel coming up starting May the 14th. And uh, they have a whole host of uh, uh, programs and different things of the last 90 years <laughs> Wow! Uh, to discuss. So we'll do that tomorrow morning right here. At JM in the AM, make sure to join us. We'll be live from the Amit headquarters in New York City. Uh, 16 minutes after 7 o'clock on this Monday, January 12th, the 21st day in the month of Tavis. We'll be joined in a few minutes from now by uh, Robert Ejnes, who is the vice president of the Jewish Institutions of France, known as CRIF. He'll join us coming up. Um, you can imagine the past few days uh, for him and members of his organization and members of the Paris Jewish community. We'll speak with him coming up. By the way, last night, as we said, was the Haas concert. Toward the end of the concert, we announced that uh, a 32-year-old man with um, autism was lost in the Lincoln Center area. Uh, more than one listener have uh, confirmed for us that that 32-year-old was found, thank God. Uh, sounds like uh, safe and sound. And um, Baruch Hashem. About a half hour after the concert, I'm told, uh, is when he was found, Baruch Hashem. 35 degrees rain today with a high temperature of 37. It's Monday at JM in the AM. Amazing day yesterday in France, watching all the world leaders and uh, millions of people, or I should say about a million and a half people, come together in a unity rally against terror and for freedom and democracy. The... Uh, the issues that are dominating the political scene in the U.S. and Israel are interesting. In Israel, some are criticizing the prime minister that there was no need to go, and he did so as a political move before the election. Uh, we learned this morning that the French authorities would have preferred if Prime Minister Netanyahu stayed away. That's the way it seemed, at least, from their comments, according to the prime minister's office. And then here in the United States, the... The great debate about whether President Obama should have been there or not. And uh, I don't know the answer to this. 
I am almost on t- I'm almost as torn on this issue as I am about the uh, Dallas Cowboys catch at the end of yesterday's game, whether it was a catch or not. I don't know if the president had to be there. Maybe he should have sent the vice president of the United States to represent the USA in the uh, in the rally in Paris. But it was somewhat um, disheartening that no member of the administration of any significance uh, for this event. I know the ambassador to France was there, but uh, nobody of significance for this event uh, was, in fact, in attendance. I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to discuss a lot of these things coming up this week right here at JM in the AM. Uh, rain today, sh- uh, showers early tonight with a low of 29, sunshine for tomorrow, 18 minutes after 7 o'clock. It's JM in the AM with Ari Goldwag.
Oh, 
a.m. Monday morning broadcast. Uh, Robert Ejnes is going to join us from Paris in a couple of minutes. He is um, vice president of CRIF, the Jewish Institutions of France. And uh, he'll join us coming up as we uh, continue to commemorate those who were uh, murdered last week and talk about yesterday's uh, reaction in Paris, which was pretty amazing in terms of the numbers for the rally and obviously the political fallout in Israel and in the United States. Prime Minister Netanyahu should have gone, should not have gone. President of the United States should have gone, should not have gone. The whole routine. I'm sure there'll be plenty spoken about on these topics for quite a while, that's for sure. Uh, Mayor Weingarten is going to have uh, an update regarding the elections during the Israel show. And it seems that Aryeh Derry is back in, <laughs> in the Shas party. At least that's what they're claiming. Seems that Moshe Faglin is not going to be uh, running as part of this Knesset or for this Knesset. Um, plus, Mayor, of course, will discuss French jury past, present, and present, and is there a future? Um, he'll discuss the Bayad Yehudi primaries. He'll also introduce a brand new Jewish Israeli music uh, artist, Hanan Ben Ari, a rising star with his debut release, and plenty more, all coming up starting at 9 o'clock this morning on the stream at jmnam.org with the Israel show. So make sure to be tuned in. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echanish Masar of Zeb and of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizok. We read in the Torah, Eish Tomi Tukaral Mizbeach. A permanent fire shall remain aflame on the Mizbeach. Loisivke, it shall not be extinguished. We learn in the Mishnah in the Pirkei Avos, Asara Nisim There were ten miracles that were performed for our ancestors, Bevesamikdosh, in the Holy Temple. Veloikibu Hagshomim Eish, Shalatse Amarocha. And the rains never extinguished the fire of the altar. The great Reb Chaim of Elohim asks, We know that there's nothing that Hashem cannot do. Hashem could have ensured that no rain should fall on the Mizbech at all. Then, each time the rain fell, there would be no special need for the miracle that the fire of the altar should not be extinguished. Reb Chaim answers, This is intended to teach us the proper way that a person has to conduct himself in this world. No matter what happens, no matter what the conditions or situation is, one should never lose his footing, his maimed, in Avodah HaKodesh, in serving Hashem. Just like the fire would constantly burn on the Mizbeach, and even the strongest rains and winds were unable to douse the fire, so too, as difficult as certain periods may be in a person's life, we strive to keep our balance and not very even slightly from our path. Sometimes a person may rationalize that he has to act in a certain way because there's a unique situation. The Apostle teaches us that one must be implacable when it comes to Avodah Hashem. We read in Hashem. Behold, my word is like fire, the word of Hashem. Uchipatish and like a hammer that shatters a rock. Hashem's word must be like fire, the fire of the Mizbeach, and can never be extinguished. During the past few days, Klal Yisrael has been tested. A storm charged into the world and threatened our sense of safety, security, peace and tranquility. But like the fire of the Mizbeach, we must remain strong and continue in our Avodah Hashem, 
forging ahead to emerge stronger than ever. A king once sent his son to a faraway land. He wanted him to learn the Chochmus of the elders who were living there. After years, the son returned to the palace. Interested to see what he learned, the king presented his son with a very large boulder and asked him to take it up to the roof of the palace without any help. The prince looked at the stone and said, But father, even ten people wouldn't be able to carry it up. How do you expect me to carry it up all by myself? Disappointed, the king responded, Why do you think I sent you to that faraway land? From all that you learned there, you were unable to learn how to lift this stone. Ashamed, the son admitted that he had no idea how to carry it up. The king explained that he could have taken a hammer and broken the stone into smaller pieces so that he would be able to carry it up. Similarly, explains the great Rav Nachman of Breslov, Hashem wants us to serve Him with a complete heart. But we have a lave evan, we have hearts of stone. Our task is to strike our heart with a hammer, that's Torah and mitzvahs, in order to break the heart of stone and be true avodim of Hashem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning physic. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. on a Monday morning. Uh, Robert Ejnes is with us live via telephone from Paris. He's vice president of CRIF, uh, for our purposes, basically the Jewish institutions of uh, France. That is the organization uh, that he represents, and he is with us via telephone. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for joining us here at J.M. in the A.M. Yes, good morning. How would you describe the last few days? Um, how would you uh, sum up? what the Jewish community is feeling in the aftermath of this horrible terrorist attack from this past Friday? These have been very exceptional days. First of all, uh, to, to, to shorten the story, it has, has become, it has started on Wednesday morning when one of the, uh, the, the, the very important news, newspaper uh, was attacked and uh, resulted with 12 deaths, among which several uh, Jews, by the way, or at least two Jews in the in the death row, right. and uh, this was an enormous uh, emotion in the country, and including within the Jewish community. And we were only uh, thinking about it when started the second attack. The second attack was done on Thursday morning uh, by a terrorist that wanted to attack a Jewish school, but ended up in a car accident and killed a policewoman. Uh, we learned only afterwards the, on, the, on the Jewish school in the neighborhood. And it was on Friday morning, it was with great horror that we learned that uh, these terrorists attacked a Jewish store, a grocery store, uh, in, in another part of Paris, and it resulted with the uh, hostage, uh, hostage capture of uh, 16 people. We only learned afterwards that there, was, there were about 16 people in the store. And it ended just a few minutes before Shabbat with, when we learned that the, um, the hostage uh, take was finished, 
and it was finished with four Jewish uh, uh, people. All right. Uh, Robert Eznes is with us from Paris. So there's so much confusion on this end about uh, some of the details, and you just said something important, because this whole um, uh, conjecture about a terrorist trying to attack a Jewish school, we thought that was part of where that terrorist was going on Friday. You're saying that was a separate episode that was scheduled to take place by a terrorist on Thursday in Paris? Yes. And first of all, it was it was all coordinated. We know that the two terror, uh, terrorists knew each other, the Croatia brothers and these terrorists. And on, on Thursday, the next day, he wanted to attack a Jewish school. And on Friday, he attacked the grocery store on another part, in another part of Paris. You you obviously know the school that was supposed to be attacked very well, I would sure. assume. Sure, sure. It's a school in Montrouge, just nearby where uh, he killed a policewoman. How would, uh, how would somebody like this be familiar with a kosher supermarket like that, or is it so obvious and well-known in the community that it's it's not unusual for someone from outside the community to be able to identify it? Well, the, the store is called Hyper Kosher, and uh, and every everyone in France knows the Jewish areas, and everyone in France knows the Jewish stores, and and uh, we we publish now on internet. It's very easy to find all the stores and all the schools and all the synagogues and all the JCCs. Uh, this is very easy to to find out. And, uh, and we have we have very sophisticated enemies, and 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 we we know that they know perfectly. Uh, the people and the, and the and the places of the Jewish community. Yeah, no question about that. Um, you said a total of sixteen. We had been reading about thirty and other numbers. Uh, so, uh, of the sixteen who were there, that we, we we heard about a an employee who actually hid some people in a freezer inside the store. Is that an accurate tale? Yes. Yes. A few people. This uh, when they. All ran in the stores, ended up in the freezer, and there was this Muslim uh, employee that uh, cut the freezing uh, system and allowed these people to, uh, to be uh, in the freezer for the whole duration of the attack, which is four and five hours. So how many people were actually, when you said 16, did you mean total people that were actually at the hands of the, of the hostage taker at that point? Yes. Like, would, would... Including, including, to what I know, the four people that were uh, killed in the attack. Right. What do we know about the four? I'm sure you've learned a lot about them over the last few days. Could you describe them for us and then say a little bit about these four Kedoshim who are going to be laid to rest in Israel? Yes. Well, two are very young people. One is a, is a young cashier of the store. Uh, another one is the uh, son of the uh, chief rabbi of Tunis. And the other ones, uh, I don't know much about them, but they are, uh, they are people. What is horrible? There are people who were just going to, to uh, buy their food for Shabbat. For example, I heard the father of the young, uh, the uh, chief rabbi of Tunis say about, say about his son that he wanted to buy a bottle of, of wine because he was invited for Shabbat and he didn't want to go empty-handed. Oh. And so he just went in the store just to grab a bottle of Shabbat of uh, wine before Shabbat, and that's uh. where he was killed. Those murdered, uh, Johan Cohen, 22 years old, Philippe Raham, 40 years old, Francois-Michel Sada in his 60s, and Yoav Hatab, 
21 years old, and as um, Robert just said, it sounds like uh, they were uh, killed immediately by the hostage taker as this episode unfolded on Friday. Robert Ejnes is with us, Vice President of CRIF, the Jewish uh, Institutions of France. Um, where, where were you yesterday, um, uh, first of all, during the rally? I assume you were part of the uh, million-person rally throughout the Paris streets, right? Of course. And after a big delegation of Kriv and of the Jewish organization with the youth and all the the Jewish organizations of, of France were obviously part of the of the of the rally. And did you have an opportunity to be at the Paris synagogue afterwards? Uh, I couldn't enter. I got in too late, and I just couldn't enter because it was packed. Wow! But uh, we could view it on television, and a, lo- a large delegation also of the Kriv and a lot of uh, French Jews. Uh, we're over at the uh, at the uh, the, uh, the uh, synagogue. I can only imagine. I, I it would seem to me, if I was a French Jew, that it would be very important that the Prime Minister of Israel come to the rally yesterday, because you know, of course, that you know there was plenty of discussion on both sides of the issue whether he should be there. Am I right that as a leader in the Jewish community, you preferred to have him there yesterday? Definitely, definitely. I think. Um, it's Am Israel, and basically we in France, because we we are in a very special time of the French Judaism, and because all of the Jews in France are questioning their belonging to the French uh, population, and that is very important, and that's uh, what you have to understand. All the people are coming to us and ask, what should we do? So, in the other hand, the Jewish, the uh, the government of France is responding in in protecting the community. There are more than ten thousand police people protecting the uh, in, the Jewish institutions in France at the moment. Uh, so we're protected, but protected does not mean that we're not uh, we're worried. Right, that you're not targets. And we're definitely a target because mm. each time there is an attempt, uh, an attack in Paris. I can tell you what the reaction is to prime to President Obama not having been at the rally in this country, meaning what the reaction would be in this country. What's the reaction over there? Does it matter much to people that he was not there yesterday? Not so much than in America. It was because among the um, the uh, chief of states who were present, we had a lot of people that were questioning the. Uh, the intentions, starting with uh, prime, with uh, President Abbas, right? Little un- well, a, a little unusual to see him there, right? That's right, and that's right, and in either for the press, for the uh, free press, or for the uh, ter- the Islamic terrorism, uh, we didn't think that it was really his place to be uh, to be uh, demonstrating here. Right. Um, many people, and obviously through the hashtag and the slogans that we see at the rally, um, uh, you know, identified with the victims of the magazine, the satirical magazine where the murders took place last week. Um, some are concerned that they did not identify as much with the Jewish victims. What's the feeling among Jewish leadership in Paris on this issue? This is what we were discussing in the. Uh in the uh, executive committee we just had, and uh, I would uh, re- respond ironically, they're just used to the Jews being killed. Right. Unfortunately, because 
we all reacted that after Toulouse, there were not so many people in the streets, and and, and each time that we're we're uh, weeping, so essentially Jews and and not the population of France. So yesterday we were very happy that the whole population of France was present in the uh, in the streets, mm-hmm. even though it was not necessarily an only for the uh, for the killing of the Jews. Mm-hmm. And we we know that would it be only the killing of the Jews, there wouldn't have been this demonstration yesterday. How many Jewish neighborhoods are there in Paris? I, I don't know if there's a comparison you can make with the New York, New Jersey area, but it's sometimes, especially for someone like me who's never been there, it's hard to to get a perspective on the on. Is Toulouse close to where the kosher supermarket is, for instance? No, Toulouse is about, uh, I would say, six or seven hundred kilometers away. Wow! So it's a different town. Now, the Paris neighborhood that uh, has the most, the, the largest number of Jews, uh, is uh, has a few very uh, Jewish areas, but all the areas have Jews within them. There was no, there, w- there are no, there were no areas in the Paris area where Jews would not live. The more it goes, the more Jews feel um, threatened in some areas, and they just uh, leave these areas. So they're constantly moving from neighborhood to neighborhood, depending on the, on how comfortable or uncomfortable they are there. That is something we've seen in the past 15 years. We've started, I live in Boulogne. I'm the president of the congregation here in Boulogne. Boulogne is a town of 120,000 people. How far just from Paris? Ne- just next to Paris. Uh-huh. We have the metro. We have, it's really, uh, next to Paris. And, and the, the Jewish population is 10%. Very significant compared to the general oh, very population significant. of Paris. We have right. a few towns around Paris, like Neuilly, like Sarcelle, like Cretay, where the Jewish community is very important within the town. But in... You there, Robert? Did we lose him? We, in fact, did lose him, but we're going to reconnect. A couple of more questions, very important questions I want to ask him. Robert Ejnes is with us. Or, in fact, he'll be back with us in just a moment here at JM in the AM. He is the um, the vice president of CRIF, the Jewish Institutions of France. He'll join us with more coming up right here at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. We were in the middle of a fascinating conversation with uh, Robert Ejnes of the uh, Jewish Institutions of France, CRIF as it's known. He's the vice president, and uh, as you heard as we were talking, something got cut off somewhere, and uh, yeah, we're, we're assuming it was an innocent episode and that the enemy is not responsible for it. Uh, anyway, we're trying to reconnect with him. I hope we do, because uh, some of the most important questions I wanted to ask him we have not even gotten to. But I appreciate his review of the uh, episodes in Paris last week and his uh, transmission to us of the uh, reaction of the Jewish community and, in general, giving us a description of what's going on in Paris recently and in the uh, Jewish neighborhoods especially. Uh, that was Moshe Laufer with Nigun Gaguim, as it's known here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow we get a chance to celebrate because tomorrow, as far as I'm concerned, kicks off the Amit 90th anniversary celebration. Amit, building Israel one child at a time. And the coming up uh, tomorrow, we're going to be at the Amit headquarters in New York City on Broadway. That's where we're going to be conducting the show. We're going to meet a whole host of people, including uh, Barbara Raskoff, Debbie Isaac, it's uh, the president of Amit, Andrew Goldsmith, the executive vice president, Lisa Klibanoff, Susan Myers, Ina Tropper, Francine Stein. They're all going to be stopping by at some point tomorrow morning here at JM in the AM. We'll be at their headquarters, and we're going to be talking about the 90th anniversary celebration for Amit, um, which is pretty amazing. Uh, they're going to be celebrating in Israel starting on May 14th. They have a special mission to celebrate in Israel. Uh, they have a whole bunch of programs, as you can imagine, after 90 years. <laughs> they have a whole bunch of programs. And... Um, And we'll be speaking with uh, the folks that I meet tomorrow. That's tomorrow. New York City will be on Broadway and kick off the I meet 90th anniversary celebration right here at JM in the AM. One step closer to the Kosher Halftime Show. There are now four teams left in the NFL. There's only one group or artist, I should say. Don't want to give too much away. That'll be performing in the Kosher Halftime Show that will be made available on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, excuse me. That'll be made available the first Sunday in February. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk about uh, all that coming up here at JM in the end. But there are four teams left that could possibly be in the game. And we'll know, I guess, the time next week, right? This time next week we'll know exactly who's going to be uh, going for the uh, Super Bowl trophy, and we'll talk more and more about the Kosher Halftime Show. That'll be a follow-up to last year's debut of the Kosher Halftime Show. Looking forward to it very, very much. Um, coming up at 9 o'clock, Mayor Weingarten. It's the Israel Show. Mayor Weingarten has got that for you. Every single Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to join him for that. Make sure to like the Israel Show Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. It's as simple as that. Great performance last night. New York City. Big Yashikov to those who came out for the big Hask concert celebration. It was really an amazing show. And uh, to everybody, whether it was uh, Yaakov Shweki, Deddy, A.B. Rottenberg, Simcha Liner, Benny Friedman, to everybody, Nagina, Yochi Briskman conducting last night. To everybody who put together a great show, a big yeshikoch from all of us here at JM&A. It was really something.
Um, two minutes before 8 o'clock, we're going to try to reconnect with Robert Ejnes in Paris. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmandam.org. And a special good morning to those tuned in around the world on the NSN Nahum Siegel Network app. Remember, you can comment on anything that we're doing on the app. Uh, very simple. On the home screen of the app, you'll see it says add a comment. Participate that way, and thank you for listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Kolot, Yaakov Shweki, who was so amazing last night at Avery Fisher Hall. Big Hass concert. Uh, that's Kolot, of course, title track to uh, his latest. Well, I, we, we're having trouble reconnecting with uh, Robert Ejnes. I'm not sure why. Hopefully we'll have a chance to speak with him again. Jonathan Weitzman is with us from Paris right now. He is uh, literally at... Uh, at uh, one of the Levayot, one of the funerals that's taking place in Paris of uh, victims of the uh, attack on Friday. Jonathan, welcome to JM in the AM. Yeah, good morning. Uh, whose Levayot are you at right now? I think it's, uh, you have a cab from Tunis and uh, Jean-Michel Sarada from Paris. Those two are taking place at the same time. You live literally on the block or right near the block of the supermarket? No, I'm living very close by, but uh, the Levaya now is taking place in another place. No, that I understand, but uh, in terms of Friday's episode, uh, obviously you know the area very, very well. Okay, sorry. And um, what could you tell us about the neighborhood? I mean, is it, you know, we're trying to get a perspective. We obviously, not obviously, but we have never been to Paris. And we're trying to get a perspective on the neighborhood. Is this a, where the supermarket is, is a predominantly Jewish neighborhood? It's partly Jewish. How would you describe it? Oh, it's a very recent uh, Jewish neighborhood. I mean, uh, recently, maybe five years ago, uh, many Jewish people uh, began to live by, uh, by the place. Oh, so, so. Oh, there is a few students there, maybe two or three, and uh, maybe a Jewish, uh, Jewish store. Uh, there is a supermarket, and uh, there are a few restaurants and uh, uh, pastries. All right. So obviously it's uh, a significant Jewish neighborhood, let's put it that way. Um, and, and, I mean, I, I can... When did you first hear about what was going on on Friday? What time was it when you were first made aware of the fact that there was a hostage situation in the store? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we heard about that. I mean, high person we heard about by 2 o'clock, I think, in the afternoon. So it began before, but by 2 o'clock, I, I was aware about that. And what? And did, how did the neighborhood react? Did the police tell people to evacuate the area? Like, what was going on? So they slowly uh, broadened the, um, the circle of security, and they pushed uh, literally people out of the zone, and uh, they, they even asked people to go in stores, and they ask uh, uh, schools to close their door, and asking uh, students to stay in the, in the, in the schools. So the wall area was really close. And obviously, once things uh, came to an end, the word started to spread very quickly. I'm sure about what had happened there. Yeah, true, very true. The, what, what could you tell us about the? I mean, you're in Paris your whole life. Uh, yeah. Speaking to uh, Jonathan Weitzman in Paris, what, what could you tell us about the? The feeling of the Jewish community in Paris about the future of Jews in France. We have focused from outside of France. We have focused so much over uh, the issue of how many people have left France, especially to move to Israel over the last couple of years. What's the general attitude? Is there a significant uh, segment of the population that feels that the Jewish community in France can continue? There are different. Uh... There are different kind of Jews in Paris, you have to understand. Uh, some of them are Jewish aware, and uh, most of them begin to talk about making Aliyah. But we have also a lot of uh, Jewish who are not religious at all and not affiliated to any community. So among the religious people or the Jewish aware people, we hope 
we all begin to talk about Megillia. But at the same time, and it's a very, uh, very special in France, we do feel French. So we are not in a hurry to leave. But to think about it. This is what, what's happening in, in, every, uh, in every conversation. All right. Yeah, it, it's, it seems like that's the, that's the situation in most areas around the world. Nobody's in a hurry to leave, but everyone's always, always thinking about it. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. were, were you part of the rally yesterday? Uh, you and people from your, no. na- you, you, I decided, I, I decided not to go. And that was what type of decision? What type of? Well, what, was that a personal decision? Was it a, a, yeah, yeah, a it was a personal decision. I personally decided not to go. And, and, and the reason for that is very easy, because if it were not uh, what happened with the um, uh, Charlie newspaper, I'm completely sure no one would have stand up and make any demonstration for the Jews. So it is very clear that two years ago, when uh, Mohamed Muratim Khashmovich killed the Jews in Toulouse, no one, no one went on the street and demonstrated. So actually what happened today was not for the Jews. It was for the, the, the journalists. And I'm pretty sure, actually, I'm, I'm completely sure that uh, no one cares about the Jews. Well, you're certainly echoing a very popular sentiment, that's for sure. A lot of people feel like you, that uh, if it was just Jews who were victims last week, there would not have been this type of outpouring, and certainly not world leadership gathering together in Paris to demonstrate on the street. And well, it, listen, politician people would certainly do, but having so many people gathering like that, so many friends caring about Jews, I don't think so. And, and that, that points to the fact that the French population is not really uh, aware of the situation of what's happening to us. They don't care, actually. Yeah, well, you certainly would know better than we do, and uh, and that's what we've been hearing. What was the reaction to the story that an employee in the store had saved people by uh, insisting they go into the freezer in the store? Yeah, we heard. I heard about that, I think, just like you. I mean, uh, I don't know all the details, to be honest with you. So I just listened to the... Uh, to the to the news that he that he I mean we help people to uh, to hide themselves. It's I don't a, know more than that. It's a small world. We get information almost as quickly as the people next door, huh? Yeah, it's completely incredible. <laughs> Even too much uh, too too dangerous because uh, as a as a relative of one of the stages told to one of the TV, they told them you told so many information that the terrorist inside the store. Uh, knew more than any, anyone. We could use that information. So, too yeah. fast, uh, too, too many information can kill the information. <laughs> Talk about being in a different world, that's for sure. Uh, Jonathan Weitzman is at two of the uh, funerals as we speak uh, in Paris, France, uh, of the uh, two of the four victims that are going to be laid to rest in Israel after the attack at the kosher supermarket on Friday. Uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, You're welcome. Cult to have hope to uh, hope to see you when we finally arrange a trip to Paris. Monday morning broadcast at JMDM. My thanks to Jonathan Weitzman. He's there in Paris as we speak. And my thanks to Robert Robert Ejnes, who I hope we're going to reconnect with uh, before the end of this show. I'd love to get his perspective as a Jewish leader on the whole issue of the future of Jews in France, and even more specifically about the uh, anticipation of more Aliyah after this. And he. He had, uh, it was interesting, he, as a vice president of CRIF, the Jewish Organizations of Paris, Jewish Institutions of Paris, of France, rather, uh, he had said that uh, he just felt that people were too used to Jews being killed, and it was, 
and it would have been nothing to them if it was just uh, a, a terror attack um, with Jewish victims because people are used to that. Uh, Jonathan Weitzman put it a little stronger that the people just don't care if it's Jewish blood that's shed, and they were only on the street in the millions yesterday because of the uh, attack at the magazine last week. JM in the AM, Monday morning broadcast tomorrow from the Amit headquarters in New York City as they kick off their 90th anniversary celebration. My thanks to all of you for tuning in. Keep it at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
J.M. in the A.M. Eitan Katz, Anil Dodi. Monday morning here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, Robert Ejnes is the uh, vice president of CRIF, uh, Jewish Institutions of France. He joined us earlier, and uh, we got cut off, but he's back with us here at J.M. in the A.M. Robert, shalom, welcome back. Thank you for shalom. joining us. Thank you. Had a couple of uh, of big picture questions to ask you. You were you were describing the uh, first of all you were describing you know some of the neighborhoods and some of the cities in in France in general. Some with a uh, a population of ten percent Jewish, which was rather significant, obviously. And there are uh, we don't realize as outsiders we don't realize just how many neighborhoods, communities, and how many Jews in general there are in France. It may look like a small percentage, but it's pretty significant. Uh, yes, because the population of uh, the Jewish population of France is estimated to about five to six six hundred thousand, um, and on a population of sixty some million, so it's one percent of the population. But consider consider that in the Paris area, uh, most of the Jewish population is concentrated, so estimated about four hundred thousand in the Paris area, and otherwise you have a few. Big towns uh, with a Jewish population. These are Strasbourg, Lyon, Marseille, Nice, and Toulouse. These right. are five uh, major uh, Jewish uh, areas. Right. And as we discussed, where, yeah. where the Jewish population is uh, somehow concentrated. Um, but in, in the Paris area, as I was explaining earlier, there are complete areas where Jews have flown out and in, 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 uh, have come to the uh, western side of Paris, because it's still easier to live as a Jew in these neighborhoods. Uh, I was commenting a little bit earlier about the town I live in, Boulogne, it's a it's first suburb of Paris. In my town, it's still possible to walk with a kippah and, with, uh, and look like a Jew in the, in the street. This is not true all over France. Uh, and there's neighborhoods where you would not um, you would not be living. I am sorry. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Hold no problem. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Robert Ejnes is vice president of CRIF, Jewish Institutions of France, and is with us live from Paris. Joined us earlier for what I would call part one of this conversation before we were cut off. And now we're in part two as we talk about the neighborhoods of Paris. And as you heard from uh, our one of our earlier guests, uh, there seems to be a um, a lot of movement among Parisian Jews between neighborhoods over a period of 5, 10, 15 years. Different and new neighborhoods develop. I guess not much different than uh, what's often felt in this area. Okay. And uh, can I continue? Please do. Because uh, I'm called on another uh, interview and uh, on, on Skype, but anyways, let me continue with you. Sure. So, in these neighborhoods where Jews still can live, it's already becoming somehow difficult. 
I, we were just sitting, as I explained to you, we were sitting in a meeting, of, of a trip meeting, when I was uh, speaking to you earlier. And we were discussing about security measures. We have asked that all schools and synagogues and JCCs be protected by the police. And we got that answer from the President Hollande and Prime Minister Valls yesterday. And this morning, or within 48 hours, um, within 48 hours, all the uh, schools will be protected and all the synagogues will be protected. So uh, on the protection side, we're, we have obtained what we asked for. On the other side, the Jews are worried. Why? Because between the synagogue and the house, between the, the school and the house, they are feeling threatened in, in many neighborhoods. And even in the good neighborhoods, it starts being so. And that is why the French Jews are thinking more and more about leaving France. And that is a, a, a worry for the French uh, government. Right. The president, the prime minister, they all tell us, we love you. France without the Jews is not France. And we hear what they say, and we hear all the efforts that are being made for the Jews to feel comfortable in France. But we just feel this is not, uh, it's not reassuring the Jews that they will be able to live after a thousand years that they have lived in France and, and gone through uh, major threats like the Dreyfus affair, like the Shoah, like the the, uh, the whole uh, Second World War. But now we, we are at the point where the Jews are being threatened. They're being protected by the French authorities, but they still feel that they're not sure that they, they, they can imagine their future in the French Republic. Yeah, the American attitude has always been, you know, get out as soon as possible, but as you just uh, described, and, uh, you know, here nobody really takes offense to people leaving and going to another country. In France, the nationalistic attitude would lead to people taking offense if the Jewish community en masse went ahead and left. Yes, and believe me, the Jews feel very French. Right. Because the Jews have lived in this country, and some families have ties in this country for hundreds of years. And we we all uh, consider ourselves with having a French culture, being French educated, uh, having roots in the in the French society, uh, and it's very difficult for the Jews to cut the the um, the, the ties with the French society. And most of Jews are in a paradox; they don't want to to leave France. They want to remain French. They know they're being protected. They know they're being loved by the authorities, but they still have a, a question mark of whether they can imagine their future, especially the people with young children. And they also don't know the influence that the even more significant Muslim community is going to have in France at this point. Most of the Muslim community, community is just being very nice. This, the question is, it's growing, and, and the question is the control of the very small minority of people um, with terrorist ties. And when we say that a thousand people, a thousand French people have gone, have, have, have gone to uh, Afghanistan, to Syria, to Iraq, and come back with, with, with a, uh, being trained for war, then we know that, imagine last week three, what three people did in Paris. Imagine there are a thousand like this in the French society. Yep. 
we understand why the people are frightened. But here, it's not only the Jews who are frightened. And the government is very frightened with us as well. Yeah, no question about it. A lot of times the government doesn't know what to do. In fact, it was interesting to watch their incredible crackdown this past weekend, frankly. That's uh, right. Something... This is why we're talking, this is why we're talking about war. And everybody here is talking about war against terrorism. Yeah, and when they say war, they mean it. Um, uh, Robert Ejnez is with us from CRIF, Jewish Institutions of France. A couple of more minutes and I'll let you go. Um, you, you know how much French is being spoken in the streets of Jerusalem. I mean, you're, you're, right. you're obviously aware that many people have already made the decision to go from France to Israel. For a moment, putting a, putting aside, you know, personal opinion and, and, and the opinion of those in the French administration, just as a fact, do you assume that over the next few months you'll see uh, a continued significant movement from France to Israel? First of all, you know, in, in New York and, and, and the people in Los Angeles and in Miami know that Jews are not only moving to Israel. They're right. also coming to America right. and other places in the world. Um, the yes, we will see a continuing flow of people leaving for Jews, leaving for us. Many of, for many of them, it's an acceleration of their decision that they had made, wanting to continue their lives in in Israel. But for some, it's it, they they start thinking, and and uh, we can imagine that this is going uh, to be executed not in the coming weeks, but in the coming uh, years. So yes, there will be a an outflow of French Jews. This is what we were we were worried about. Do you know if the Prime Minister has visited the site of Friday's terror attack yet? Oh yes, yes, he has visited immediately. Has visited on Friday evening, on Saturday evening was there. Um, everybody has been there. Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel has been there this morning. Um, so yes, they have, they've been very. The Prime Minister and the President have been very close to the Jewish community. And you, um, and, and you mentioned earlier, you, you were able to uh, straighten out some of the uh, stories that it's you know with everything, all the information coming out, it's hard to decipher what's in fact truth and what's not. W- were the synagogues on Shabbat in fact closed in Paris? Unfortunately, yes. On Friday night, uh, several synagogues decided to close. Uh, no, they were instructed to close by the um, uh, prefecture, the the police. So, and, and we're very upset about it. And uh, so you and said we open on Saturday morning. So Jewish leadership. So Saturday morning they were open. So Jewish leadership yes. would have preferred if they would have been able to go ahead with regular services Friday night. I'll give you an example in my neighborhood in in Boulogne. Uh, it, as soon as I learned that in Paris they were considering closing synagogues, I called the uh, chief of the police and I said, we are open, all the uh, services will be open on Friday night and Saturday, and it's your responsibility to uh, to assure the security. And uh, and he just said, uh, of course, and, and we were open. So there was... Yes, it was the the choice of the Jewish leaders was to keep the synagogues open. Right. So there, so we know for sure of at least one shul that was open, in fact, on Friday night. Oh, many. Many were open, but one, some of the big ones were closed. Big Thuar, for example, was closed. Right. The Great Paris Synagogue, it was written, was closed for the first time since World War II. That would be, yes. accu- that would be accurate. Yes. Wow. Uh, you've been amazing, Robert. I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Welcome you in Paris.
<laughs> I look forward to that very much. Robert Ejnes is the vice president of CRIF, the Jewish Institutions of France, has been a wealth of information for us this morning. I thank him, and I thank Jonathan Wiseman as well, who spoke with us from two, as two of the funerals were taking place on this Monday in Paris. And um, I thank them both for joining us. If you missed any of it, obviously we have an archives uh, of JM and AM that you could uh, check out later on, and it'll be replayed. The whole show will be replayed at midnight tonight, Eastern Time, on the stream at jmandtheam.org. More coming up. This is JM and the AM, and this is Benny Friedman.
Amazing. That's the um, uh, Benny Friedman selection, Altira, from the CD entitled With All My Soul here at JM in the AM. Good morning, everybody. Massive Hass concert last night. It was really incredible and amazing. Big Yashikov to everybody who came out. And to A.B. and Benny and Simcha Liner and Deddy and, of course, to Yaakov Shweki and everybody who was part of that amazing, amazing show at uh, Avery Fisher Hall. 20 minutes before 9 o'clock tomorrow, we will be at the um, Amit headquarters in New York City. Tomorrow is um, what we're calling the kickoff of the Amit 90th anniversary celebration. And the people like uh, Barbara Raskoff and Debbie Isaac and Andy Goldsmith and Liz Klibanoff and Susan Myers and Ina Tropper and Francine Stein are all going to be joining us. We'll talk about Amit Children and the incredible organization. 90 years. They have a big trip to Israel planned for May. We'll talk about that. 90 years of Amit and we will uh, start and kick off their big celebration tomorrow between 6 and 9 from their headquarters on Broadway in New York City. You should check it out. Get ready to enjoy. should be a lot of fun, as you would expect. Rain today with a high temperature of 37. Tonight, showers early on with a low of 29. 35 right now. My thanks to our guests who, uh, who joined us from Paris, France today. Much appreciated, that's for sure. Yehuda Green is next. This is JM in the AM.
mir ein Bild von der Heim. Wenn ich weg sitzen bei meinen Seiden, sieh dich. Ja, ich gedenke es gut. Ich denke, vergessen dies mir ist, bei dem alles schied ist. Wenn mein Seide weg singen mit seiner schönen Stimme. Ah, starke Stimme, oder? Und ich weg zu helfen ihm. The great Avramo Avram Fried. Nine minutes before nine o'clock on a Monday, Mayor Weingarten coming up. He'll be doing an, uh, an amazing edition of the uh, Israel Show. A lot to talk about regarding France, a lot to talk about regarding the Israeli elections. 
Aryeh Derry, in or out. Moshe Faglin, in or out. Uh, Mayor is also going to be debuting a brand new artist from Israel who's a young rising star. You'll be hearing that in the music mix. All between 9 and 10 this morning, right after JM and the AM, coming up eight minutes from now on the stream at jmandtheam.org. Make sure to be tuned in. Tomorrow from the Amit 90th anniversary celebration, we're actually kicking off the Amit 90th anniversary celebration tomorrow from their headquarters in New York City. Join us between 6 and 9. Should be a lot of fun, and you'll certainly learn about some amazing stuff going on from this side of the world to Israel and vice versa. Uh, a meet 90th anniversary celebration, their big tour of Israel coming up in May. Their big anniversary celebration starts tomorrow as far as we're concerned. And that happens between 6 and 9. Make sure to join us as we broadcast from New York City tomorrow. How cool is that? <laughs> Four teams left in the Super Bowl tournament. As we get closer and closer, we will start announcing uh, information about the Kosher Halftime Show, second consecutive year, and uh, how you'll be able to access that. We are looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. That's all it's about. It's about fun and uh, good, clean fun. And uh, we can't wait to present it for the second consecutive year on the Nachum Siegel Network, the Kosher Halftime Show. JM in the AM, Yaakov Shweki, who was brilliant last night at Avery Fisher Hall with Hask, he wraps it up on a Monday morning at JM in the AM.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Special welcome to those who are tuned in on the NSN app around the world. Don't forget, no matter where you are around the world, coming up next, it's Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show. Plenty about France, plenty about the Israeli elections, plenty about brand new Israeli music. It is a full hour, and I mean full, of great stuff every single week between 9 and 10 o'clock on Mondays. Make sure to be tuned in as Mayor presents the latest edition of the Israel Show. Have a fabulous Monday. Tomorrow we speak to you from the headquarters of Amit. Amit celebrates its 90th anniversary, and we kick off the whole thing tomorrow morning between 6 and 9 from their headquarters on Broadway in New York City. Make sure to join us tomorrow between 6 and 9 for the big uh, live radio remote from our meet headquarters in New York. 
Have a fabulous Monday. My thanks to all of our special guests from Paris. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.